Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Crunching the numbers, thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre, a mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north, which has tennis for everyone. Perfect for coaches and players if you're coming from interstate to train and compete. Close to Melbourne Airport with accommodation available. Find out more at humetennis.com.au. Hello and welcome to another episode of Crunching the Numbers. Uh, this is Stephen Huss. I'm with my uh, good friend here, Chris Tonts. Chris, how are you this evening? I'm doing great. I just got back from uh, Wimbledon, so it's good to be home. And you, where are you this week? I'm actually in uh, in Newport, Rhode Island. I do uh, a few weeks with uh, with Jason Kubler. He had a great run over at Wimbledon, as uh, I'm sure you are aware of. And uh, we're going to try and keep that momentum going. And he's got some tournaments to play in between now and US Open. So I'm going to spend some time with him after uh, his, his coach from KDV, Jared Bunt, was over in uh, at Wimbledon with him and obviously did incredibly well. So there's a lot of pressure on me to, to uh, not mess it up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got one last thing. You've got to be excited at how well all the Australians are doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's really cool. I mean, I was looking at, at the rankings and I think there are you know eight or nine men in top 100 right now, which is which is awesome. And I think there's some signs of, of, uh, of some going, you know, even higher. The American men had an awesome Wimbledon as well. So lots of Americans moving up that have showed promise for a long time are pushing, you know, not only into the top 50, but beyond. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah. And you got, you got some young ones too, like Brandon Nakashima. Uh, Sebi Korda didn't play. I heard his ankle. Jensen Brooksby, some good guys that are even younger too, that, that are pushing the guys like uh, Taylor Fritz. Tommy Paul did pretty well pretty exciting for for men's tennis here all right well today on crunching the numbers uh chris i wanted to sort of gather your expertise one of the things that the general public is probably not so aware of is that at each grand slam um, they have a platform that is uh, designed uh, for the players and the players' teams to sort of get on. It's, you know, obviously you need a login and a password to get in. But why don't you tell us a little about, you know, first of all, perhaps talk about what that platform offers and what you can get at each Grand Slam that you're at for the player. They send the login uh, information to the player, but I always tell Claire, like, just pass that along to me because I probably use it more than she does. And then I tell you, pass it along to me, remember? And then I pass it along. <laughs> That's a lot for you. I, I think we're, it's great, man, because I can go back, let's say, like this coming up, this training block. I want to work on her, how Claire arrives to the ball. So not only can I look up Claire's matches, but I can also, let's say, I'm going to try to compare her with Nadal and Djokovic. I mean, that's kind of unrealistic, but it's just good to see when they get there, what their base looks like. And so it's not just Claire, I can, I can look at anyone. It's been super beneficial. But so they have the video of the matches. Is that what you're saying? And yeah. So yeah. Let, let me let me get into it. so so Wimbledon. It's uh, the Slam trackers doing it. it. It seems like every Slam they're getting they're providing more and more detail. So this time at Wimbledon you get a PDF which kind of breaks down where they serve, which is kind of helpful. Uh, they they've gone so far as putting in forced and unforced errors because sometimes you look at stats and you'll see the player was plus two on the match. And, and it's like, I'm not so sure about that. And they're very generous with 
what they count as unforced. So this time now you have forced, unforced errors. It's a little more helpful. Uh, you can download the match here. Uh, at Wimbledon, you couldn't, which is kind of frustrating. But like my go-to this year has been Australian Open. That's to me is the easiest to use. It's still up. So I can go back and let's say I'm scouting against some other players. I can download that match and chart it myself. In terms of like the, what they offer is, it goes point by point. So let's say, uh, you know, I can search uh, aces, unforced errors, forehand winners, backhand winners. But uh, let's say I want to see all forehand winners. I'll just hit play and then I'll hit next point. I'll go to the next forehand winner. So you can kind of break down a few things there. The, it would be nice to see like some some serve tendencies, which which aren't in there in the PDF anyways. Like you can look at break points, but and see where they serve. I mean, that's to me is very important under pressure, knowing where they might have a tendency to go. Uh, but yeah, you can search break points and then you'll just kind of have to remember or chart it yourself where they're serving. But yeah, it's it's starting, these platforms are starting to get easier to use and they're starting to provide a little more information. So um, like, you know, uh, so Infosys, they're running the Australian Open, French Open, uh, you have IBM, which I believe it's IBM. They're running Wimbledon. And that's, uh, then what do you have? SAP is another one that's on the women's tour where, you know, that's more comprehensive where I can start to see serve locations, return locations. Um, so there, there's a lot of platforms out there, but you, the slams, it's a more scaled down version. And I really think sometimes the coaches don't know this is available. Um, it's not really publicized that well, I don't think. Yeah. And do you feel that uh, by using the platform and by going in, because, you know, tell me Claire, the Claire Lou, the player you coach, uh, won her first round at Wimbledon um, and she had to play Elise Cornet in the second round. So take us through the process that you take to uh, scout against Elise Cornet there at the second round of Wimbledon. Yeah. So that's a great question. Uh, and sometimes I always go back to whenever I hear Nadal, I love watching Nadal or Djokovic do interviews. And whenever they finish their match, they always say, I'm going to go back with my team and see what I could have done better, uh, which is a good reminder that they're more focused on what are my strengths? What can I do better? So the first thing I do when she's done, um, I kind of eyeball it. And I like after the first round, I said, okay, I think we could have returned a little better. So right after the match, we went on the court and just let's do a few returns. And then I'll go back that night and kind of chart it myself and see, okay, where can we get better? Because you usually have a day in between. So first thing I do is where can, when my player, uh, the player I work with, where can she improve? What did she do well? And what do we need to work on? And I start to go into okay, the, the opponent, what, what, uh, you know, I could take you through how, what I, what I, what I'm looking for is, you know, the basics like serve, serve tendencies, which is huge. I feel like, especially on grass where you want to focus on those first few shots. So, uh, serve returns, what kind of returner are they? Are they going to play aggressive? Are they going to let the ball play them? Are they going to back up? Are they going to stand close and then back up? So that's the first two things, serve return and then ground strokes. Uh, I'd like, like to see court position. Are, are they looking to move forward? Uh, you know, are they more defensive? And that'll kind of 
tailor to what Claire could be focused on if she's playing, let's say, let, let's use Rybakina, who's just going for it. She's hitting big. I mean, you better probably pay attention to your depth in the first few shots. You're just trying to survive there. If you're playing someone that's a little more defensive and they're, they're rallying a little more, then yeah, you want to try to maybe use the court a little better and then try to apply pressure when you can come forward. But so it it's, kind of depends on the player. And then finally, like, Another thing I look for is, are they going to use the slice? Are they going to use the drop shot? Where do they like to attack? In my opinion, a lot of players, they like to attack behind. I think that might be sometimes they struggle with maybe changing line or going lines. Wrong footing them. So it's kind of like yeah. you, you move them out to the back end and then they're running to the open court, to the yeah, forehand. They, they play back behind. You play back behind. It usually works. If, okay, they like to attack behind. It's good to know. Give them maybe the attack line a little bit until they prove that, okay, I can hit the shot. So yeah, things like that. And can you, I know that you're a big fan of looking at serve tendencies. Can you give us an example? Perhaps you don't want to name the player, but can you give an exa- uh, the audience that's listening an example of, of, of a serve tendency that you've found that you've been able to tell Claire that's really helped her? Yeah, that, and I'm sure you, you have some stories. I got a, a couple stories on that that I think might be helpful. And I think um, going back when, when, you know, we worked at the USTA and I think you've heard the same thing where Jose Garris, and for, for those of you who don't know him, he's a really good coach. Uh, I think he coached Courier, Chang, Federer. But he, he told me once, and I'm sure he told you, he said, if, if you really want to help yourself, uh, be really solid in those first two points. That always stuck with me. It's like, okay. But, so I checked it. I, I wanted to see, and I'll give you an example with, with Claire. Her chance of holding serve is 67%. If she wins that first point, her chance goes up to 78%. If she wins the first two points, her chances of winning the game go up to 86%. If she wins the first three, it goes up 411. Her chance of winning the game goes up to 96%. So I kind of took that a little bit further and said, okay, wouldn't it be nice if some of these girls, you can, or these women, you could figure out if they're serve tendencies where they like to start games. And, and I could think of three big servers that are going to start the game every single time out wide. And these are big servers. So, boy, that's a huge advantage to know, like, okay, you know, before they serve, get ready because you know where it's going. So, you know, if you win that first point, your chances of winning the game are going to start to go up. And if you win the second point, your chances go up. And it's happened maybe three, four times this year where in the course of a match, on the first two points, it was the same exact serve and on the WTA tour. And maybe on the men's now, they're going to start coaching. But you can start to tell them, okay, they're going wide and wide. And that's it, first two points. So then you have a great advantage knowing like where they're going to serve, which can help you. Let me give you one more example. I know another girl, a top break girl, she's doing pretty well this year. And on break point, and I've never seen this anywhere but here, on break point, she's going to serve out wide every single time. And I've seen probably 50 of these serves. You know, you're just waiting on that. And I was able to relate that to another coach like, okay, if you get a break point, get ready. It's coming wide. And uh, I remember she was in the third set with this girl. and he, he, I passed him. I was going to go work with Claire. And he's like, Every single time it's out wide. So yeah, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you'll see these players and the serve tendencies can be pretty clear and it's a real big advantage. And I'm sure maybe you have stories like that too, but you know, I I focus and that's what I'd like to see in some of these Grand Slam stats is I'd like to see instead of just break points, I'd like to see some tendencies on the first two points because that can really increase your chances of winning the game. 
Yeah, well said. I think everyone is very focused on break points, which they should be. But if you can't create any any break points, then uh, you know there's no reason to know where the serve's coming if you don't ever create one. And, and absolutely getting into the game early in the game by making returns puts pressure on the server and is obviously going to lead to those break points. I, I remember reading an article a couple of years ago, and we can talk about this player because she's, re- she's retired. It was Caroline Wozniacki. And she was playing at Charleston. She served the same pattern for the first four serves of every single one of her service games throughout the whole tournament. Let's think about that for a second. So on the first point, and you know, and I don't remember the order, so I'm making up the order, but I'm not making up the fact that she served in exactly the same place four times in a row. So first point, she, let's say she went wide. Second point, she went wide. Third point, she went T. Fourth point, she went T. So she had a clear pattern of where she was serving. And I'm sure she had a plus one in mind as to, you know, if I get a backhand, I hit it here. If I get a forehand, I hit it here. So she had a clear plan and she just refused to deviate from that plan because it was working. You know, it would take a coach like yourself to actually look at the match video, look at the statistics and come up with, oh, wow, this girl has an absolute pattern that we can key in on. And I think that's what you're talking about. And perhaps it's not four points, like you say, but maybe it's the first point of every game or the first two points of every game where you can really get an edge and lock in and that can give you a massive advantage without doubt and the other thing I think to realize is that within a match players will adjust if things aren't working that's what's sometimes hard about communicating with an athlete right Chris I mean you tell them I remember a a story years ago of a friend my friend who was coaching a guy and you know, said, oh, this guy's tendency is to go wide on big points. So cover the wide, you know, cover the sliding serves. It was wide on juice and it was T on at. Anyway, this player got up a set and a break. So in a position to win. And then the guy got the break back. So back on serve. The guy who got back on serve is now adjusting his serve because it's not working to serve sliders, right? So... And now all of a sudden this person was mad because, oh, you told me the wrong information. Well, actually, no, it's just it's just your opponent adjusting and you need to adjust back. And I think that's an important thing. Like this show is crunching the numbers and we are talking about numbers and statistics, but I don't think either of us think that the statistics are the be all and end all or that they're always going to repeat themselves. We're just looking for little details and little things that we can pick up that we can give to the players or understand about tennis in general to make us better coaches. And those things will evolve and they they will adapt and they will change but i think they're it's fantastic information to accumulate and i think that you know from talking to you you know several of the players on tour that claire has played against and will play against again what their serve tendencies are and to me that's a that's an advantage last thing real quick is i remember a, a buddy of mine he was coaching a player and then they stopped working together and i said do you realize she started every single game out wide and he said yeah i told her that I said, a coach, a coach is going to clue in on this or a player. And, and she said, no, they won't. And I mean, I had already known it. I had known it for a year and a half at this point. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, Chris, before we sign up was, as we've brought up before on, on this show, there are so many statistics. And I noticed from looking at the Wimbledon PDFs, they have kind of like a summary sheet where they give you the kind of the, the major statistics just on the serve and aces and double faults. And then they have a PDF where they kind of go through every point and there is you know, how many serves to the backhand, how many serves to the forehand. And to me, when I look at those sheets and I love looking at statistics and data, 
in tennis and then kind of relating it to the video, but I get lost in all of it. So can you talk to us a bit about where do you kind of focus? And they have the information that they could do this. I'd like to see like one thing would be just be a heat map of where they like to play. That would be very valuable to me. The other thing that would be valuable is how much do they like to change? I know a lot of girls, and okay, they're just going to play cross with the backhand. Uh, they're not going to hurt you on that side. But so I'd like to see the amount of changing that's going on. And then the last thing I'd like to see is serve tendencies, return tendencies, not so much because that can always change on the player and it's hard to control balls. So you're going to see, yeah, I don't think they're that accurate. You know, what would help is, you know, and this could be the case sometimes, like I'm sure if I started to your forehand, Stephen, that would be more effective than starting to your backhand. Oh, really? Okay. I see what I you're saying. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, and the same with me. If you started to my forehand, probably be more effective. But you're right. There's so much data, and you know this as well as I do. Is you don't want to bombard these players with too much. You want to, and I've been guilty of that. And sometimes Claire's like, it's too much. So you want to simplify it. You want to just focus on a few patterns. You know, that's why I also like the heat map because I like to see are they more aggressive? Or are they a little bit back further and that that probably will change things a little on on how you play and the heat map shows the movement of the players where they stand how yep. close they are the baseline where they come to the net one, one other thing sometimes and you, you know this and you could probably talk about 30 minutes on this is you see net points one and how reliable do you think that is when you see net points one could you could you just talk to us real quick about uh, to talk about what constitutes a net point one in some of these well all i can do is give you my opinion and that's what it is it's an opinion and you know whenever it's subjective and it's the same with unforced errors and forced errors you you know you have to kind of be mindful that those statistics aren't fact because they're subjective is it an unforced error is it a forced error and we see things differently and a net appearance does that mean that you're moving inside three-quarter court does it mean that you play a volley Um, does it mean that you know you finish at net Uh, within a step of the net. So there's all these different definitions of net appearances and net point one. But for me, my favorite is, to me, a point one at net is when there is inferred pressure from being at the net. So if you and I are playing and you hit a crappy drop shot, and I run up to the net and just put away a forehand winner that you don't touch, then most would say that's a net point because I came up you know, inside the service line. But I don't think the Nets had anything to do with me winning that point. But if I hit that shot and you guessed the right way and you went for a pass and I was standing at the net and you missed the pass, so I didn't even play a volley, but you missed the pass, but I'm standing at the net, then I would say that is a net point one because there's pressure from the net because I'm standing at the net ready to volley and you've got to play on the ball. So that's kind of how I see it. So both you and I know how to tag matches and we do tag or some some people call it code matches. When I'm coding matches, that's what I look at and that's that's how I do it. But there are different different ways to do it and that makes the, the statistics hard in some cases. And that's why you'll always see net points one being a very high percentage. And that's generally because... Um, most of the statisticians tend to, I, I think they do anyway, um, call a net point anytime you're approaching the net, which means, you know, if I go forehand, backhand, side to side, and then I get a short ball and put it away and I'm yeah. a three-quarter court, people are going to call that a net point. And I don't quite agree with that. So again, it's subjective and it's anyone's opinion. I'm not saying mine is 100% correct, but that's how I see it. Yeah, I think the takeaway there is just take everything with a grain of salt. You want to go back and, and kind of look at it yourself too. Uh, and then last thing, maybe to wrap it up is 
um, you you want more than just one match. You know, I, I could point to an example of Claire's second round opponent. Her tendencies were to do this under pressure, but it was just one match that I had to look at. It didn't have you know seven eight matches, and that ended up changing. Uh, it was not the same under. She didn't have the same tendency. So the more data you get, the more reliable the information. Yeah, good point. And just to back that up, Chris, I would say that um, I was on a call with uh, some real statisticians, not just uh, <laughs> not just us amateurs um, who enjoy it and look at it a lot. But uh, and they, you know, one of their points was it actually takes twenty-one pieces of information to sort of call something conclusive and that was something that you know i took on board and went wow i've I've given information based on much less than that sometimes i've got it right but you're right like sometimes i've got it wrong that's kind of how the statisticians see it you need 21 pieces of information to make it sort of real so looking at one match is probably not enough but obviously the more matches that you look at and the more often you see the player sort of live i think that really helps for me and i'm sure you'll agree with me chris because i know you do this a lot it's about combining the data the statistics with the video you know, I have a friend who calls it, you know, drilling in or double clicking to, you know, into something that you're trying to find. And if you look at a, just a t- statistic, go in and find the video to support it because sometimes it won't support it. Um, and, and, and I think that's really important. And I think that's what these platforms that the Grand Slams are offering now um, give us, right? They give the coaches and they give the players the video, the tool to watch the video and also look at the statistics and kind of pair those two things together. So whenever you're looking at numbers, I would encourage everyone out there to pair that with video. Well said. Always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> you're so polite on these things. If only the people really knew you. <laughs> I really enjoy these calls. I do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, that's going to do it for today. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Crunching the Numbers. Numbers and we look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Bye. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.